0: The Chicago Bears swung for the fences a little bit with their three picks on day two of the NFL draft, filling some important needs on defense with some great athletes that have some very real questions about their football development. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making the Lockdown Bears podcast your first listen today. Whether you're tuning in for the first time or the 500th time, we really appreciate you tuning in however you do, wherever you listen. We really especially appreciate everyone tuning in every single day. Our everydayers are what makes this podcast go. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on your phone's app store. Locked On Bears listeners will get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you enter in our promo code LOCKED ON in all caps, in the game's store. On the show today, we get to know better the Bears' three second-round picks, Jervon, Dexter, Tyreek Stevenson, and Zach Pickens. We'll look at how the two defensive linemen fit in this Bears defensive line. The decision to take those two compared to some of the other defensive line options on the board and then we'll turn our attention to Tyreek Stevenson as well and how he fits in this secondary and what we like about his skill set and where he do, does need to keep growing. Ryan Poles had talked after the draft Thursday night after day one about the possibility of trading up in the second round. We thought maybe he would be willing to move up to get a defensive lineman but really early in the second round you know some of the lingering edge rushers kept coming off the board seemed like one after another you know B.J. Ogilari came off around there we saw uh, Felix and Adike Uzoma went 31 to the Chiefs. Uh, Keon White from the Patriots ended up going like mid-40s. There was a, a run there pretty early on that the Bears weren't really able to get in on with some of these top defensive linemen. So they ended up staying at 53 and taking a guy, Jervon Dexter, from Florida that certainly has athletic tools. And that's really the the running theme for all three of these players. And you can throw Darnell right into this, the first four, first four picks of the draft, You know, you look at the way that they tested at the NFL scouting combine. These are all guys that have pretty good size. Certainly the linemen do compared to the cornerback, but move very well for their size. You know, performed well in the 40-yard dashes, the 10-yard splits, and a lot of the the explosive measurements, you know, the vertical jump, the broad jump, the short, subtle, those sorts of things. Like, all three of these guys seem to be able to have some of those physical tools and athletic upside there that, that lets you feel like these are players that can get better from what we saw from them in college. And I think that's particularly important for a guy like Jervon Dexter, who just doesn't have the production in college and definitely had some, some real ups and downs. This is, you know, you like the the pass rush tenacity that he has. He certainly is good with his hands, but you know, a lot of, I think a lot of the production that he doesn't have comes from his slow ability, like off the snap. And it's kind of confounding because he did perform so well, like at the combine, like it wasn't like he, you know, was the top performer at the combine, but did well at the combine, tested well in a lot of the measurable ways, 488, 8, 40 yard dash, you know, had a 31 inch vertical, a nine, two broad 7.53 cone at 6'5, 310. Like it's the kind of stuff you're looking for, but despite being so athletic, he is so slow at like anticipating the snap that so often he's the last player out of his stance. And when you're slow out of your stance, it's, you're playing from behind from the very beginning of the play. And so often he's playing from too far behind and ultimately then doesn't beat his offensive lineman and struggles to sort of create that separation and, and make big plays. He, he still, though, is big, long, strong, and athletic. And you feel like, you know, if you can work on that snap anticipation and that quickness out of his stance a little bit, you know, with that height and length, he, you'd think he would. He he can he can then be more disruptive because you see violent pass rush moves in there. Maybe there's not a counter, but he can go he can go and be violent and be strong with his hands. It's just it's just not something that that really comes together from start to finish of plays. And so you know you feel like if you can get some of the the flashes and turn those into more consistent play, you could have a a, a pretty solid football player. But it's very much a projection right now based on his traits. And the question is, like, is that worth the 53rd overall pick? I think he's he can be a good football player, but it's a question of value at that spot. And I know a lot of people wanted the Northwestern defensive lineman, Adebayore. He ended up falling all the way now to the fourth round. After day two, he is still on the board, not taken in the third round as well. So there may be some other things there in, in that situation. I know, like, Keanu Benton, one of the other defensive tackles, was was off the board at that spot, too. Like, you can start to... You can you can start to look for other options here, and maybe there were guys you like more. But at the end of the day, like if if your coaching staff can get more out of him, there's 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 a lot of upside here. I mean, there really is a higher ceiling, but it's but it also feels like a very low floor, and there's a certain risk that comes with that. And I think another part of this theme that we're seeing with Darnell Wright and, and now with these three picks, with starting with Dexter, is a lot of faith in the Bears coaching staff. They're drafting athletic players that they feel like they can develop into something greater also worth noting Dexter I think is the only one of the three that wasn't a senior bowl participant but three senior bowl guys in these first four picks as well really putting a lot of value on what they're seeing at those practices and of course Luke Getzy was coaching the senior bowl roster this season to, to get a, a more up close and personal look at, at everyone but Jervon Dexter we are going to take advantage of our friends here on the Lockdown Podcast Network and we'll have Brandon Olson from Lockdown Gators on at some point next week to learn more about Dexter and what he did well and didn't do well at Florida and how that may project for him in the NFL so be on the lookout for that in the coming days I've been in touch with Eric Kane from Lockdown Tennessee Volunteers as well to talk about Darnell Wright I think that's going to be Wednesday's podcast next week for him we're still going to slot in everybody else and we're going to have to also of course get to know Tyreek Stevenson from Miami and Zach Pickens from South Carolina, the Bears two other draft picks. And I mean, we'll go in in draft order here as a as opposed to pairing the two defensive linemen here, but I do when we do get to Zach Pickens, I want to compare and contrast Pickens and Dexter cuz it's interesting that their their builds and the way they're used are were used in college are a little bit inverse of what you might expect. But Stevenson of the three is the one that I I think I'm most excited about or the one of the three I certainly like the most and feel like it was the best pick of the three. Maybe that's why Ryan Poles traded up for him. We'll get to know the Miami cornerback where I think we can be very encouraged and where there needs to be some development from him as well. Next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is all, is brought to you by our friends at the Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever thought you'd make a good general manager of your own football team, you got to give this game a try because it's not as easy as you might think to make a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team. You're making these second-round picks for your franchise. Do you trade up to take a cornerback? Do you wait and let the defensive lineman stay to you? Of course, you're also signing free agents. You're making trades. You're contract extension. You're hiring and firing coaches. You're even like setting ticket prices and getting advertising deals for your team. All in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want whenever you want to. Locked On Bears listeners are going to get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you enter in our promo code LOCKED ON in the game's store. That's in all caps, LOCKED ON. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate gm.com or look it up on the App Store. That's Ultimate hyphen com ultimate football GM start your dynasty today we wondered if Ryan Poles would trade up from the 53rd overall pick to go up and get presumably a defensive lineman he ultimately stays there and takes one but it was a bigger surprise to me that he traded up from 61 to get up to 56 just what three picks after taking Jervon Dexter and grabs the Miami cornerback Tyreek Stevenson. And I think of the three, Stevenson is the one that I'm most excited about or the one that I feel the best about there. It felt like a little early for Javon Dexter and maybe slightly early for Zach Pickens. But this to me was a little bit of a better range for someone like Tyreek Stevenson in terms of like him being another, another developmental, you know, needs some work type of prospect, but not as to me, not as raw and unrefined as the two defensive linemen that they paired. I mean, yes, Stevenson was only a two-year starter, but in terms of like, you know, technique and the type of work that he needs, I, I feel like the, there's a higher floor with Stevenson right now than these other two than the two defensive linemen. He, he started out at Georgia early in his career, played this sort of like, you know, hybrid linebacker safety role, coming off the bench for them. Ends up transferring to Miami, played slot in 2021, and then this past year moved to the outside cornerback spot. So really, he really only has one year at the outside cornerback spot, but clearly that seemed to be where he was most comfortable or at his best. He had increased his pass breakups and his interceptions and just generally seemed to be in in a better position coverage-wise. When you see him on tape, he looks to me like a guy who, if you put him in a a vacuum, like just one-on-one, hey, you're covering this guy on the outside. It's just you, you don't have to worry about a zone or passing him off to a safety or how, or, or looking to see if another wide receiver is going to come your way. If you can, if he's just set on a guy, he's pretty darn good at sticking with him. And that's really, really valuable. Now the bears tend to run more of a zone scheme. So schematically it's not a hundred percent a great fit there, but that doesn't mean he can't grow into that role. And it doesn't mean the bears don't play man coverage sometimes and put their cornerbacks in one-on-ones, especially, you know, third downs, they tend to be more of a heavy man coverage team in that regard. I think he's pretty strong physically. He's you know he's not like the biggest corner. He's average, you know, six feet, a little under two hundred pounds, thirty-two and three eighths inch arms. Like he ran a four, four, five. Like he's he's good. Like he's a good athlete. Maybe not like an elite athlete, but a but a high-end athlete, strong, muscular. He's got pretty good length there, pretty good explosiveness when he moves like in and out of his brakes. And I think as a result, has some pretty good recovery speed and isn't gonna get too like Pushed off and bounced off by you know wide receivers trying to bully him down the field. The problem is like he 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 gets aggressive and he tries to jump routes and he tries to guess routes. And when he guesses right, he's all over. It. And sometimes he guesses wrong. A lot of times he'll he'll fall step in some different areas and ends up falling behind as a result. Sometimes he can be a little bit too stiff. But also like when he, when he when he's in off coverage right and trying to play in space in the wider scheme of a defense, you know sometimes he struggles a little bit with okay how much space do I give this wide receiver coming at me? How much space do I give this other wide receiver here? If I'm supposed to, if I'm supposed to be in like a deep third and I'm maybe trying to split a couple of receivers, you know, where do I need to give my attention to more? How do I, how do I play these sort of like middle ground areas a little bit better? And and, and oftentimes he can kind of be late in, in reacting to those. And, and and ultimately like that's kind of important in this bears defense, but you wonder how well, you can teach that and develop that when he does have a lot of the, the types of physical tools that you look at at the cornerback spot. I also feel like, you know, in the, in the running game, like he's built strong and and moves well, but like he 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 seems like a guy who always tries to go in to lay the big hit. Like he wants to fly in there, but like he flies in there uncontrollably and will like a has kind of concussed himself and knocked himself out of games in those in those scenarios. I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're always officially concussions, but that sort of idea right that goes flying in there kind of head first and gets shaken up just kind of by his own fruition going in there and, and doing that. But but again, like you feel like he's got the mentality to go in there and be physical and he's got the physical like build. He's strong enough as a cornerback. He's not just gonna get run over every time. So you feel like between like the physical and the mental want to, like you can then work on the technique there and get make him into a guy who's actually pretty good at pretty good at at, at the run defense stuff. I know there's a little bit of I guess character concerns. He was, I think, he got a disorderly conduct in twenty nineteen where like he got into a fight at a bar and I think got like I, I don't remember if that was there. There was like a bar a bar fight and then there was another time when he like tore tore ligaments after I that might have been a bar fight that might have been the bar fight too. I can't remember. But there were there were a couple off field incidents where one of which he got arrested and one of which he got actually hurt as a result of like like impacted his ability and missed games had had surgery because of that situation so there's a little bit of those kind of question marks for him but like you feel like if he can just get be a little bit more disciplined in coverage you got like the length and the range and the physical tools that he can be a, at least like already feels like a pretty decent press man corner and can develop into more of a more of a, a zone guy for this scheme it feels to me like ideally he plays outside right now and Kyler Gordon stays in the slot had played in the slot before and has played safety before so you have you know versatility in the background there, but given like the need for discipline, like the need for like coverage, discipline and to be that he's more comfortable in these one-on-one situations, like being in the slot is going to be a lot more difficult for him to transition to than just being on the outside in this scheme. So I think the plan should be to put him in the Kindle Vildor role where uh, when you have two cornerbacks on the field, it's Gordon and Johnson on the outside. When you bring in your third cornerback, Gordon moves into the slot and you put Stevenson on the outside. That feels like, the projection for him in this Bears defense. And it feels like good value, you know, in the second round, addressing a, a position that n- could use some more talent there. He's a, He could be a good number three cornerback this year. And if for some reason, free agency with Jalen Johnson and those negotiations go south, you know, he can be an outside cornerback for you in the long term. If, if worst case scenario, you lose Jalen Johnson next offseason for some reason, it's nice to have a backup plan in there rather than being really screwed and needing to address that position immediately If if that bridge comes to it next year. Like, like all in all with these three picks, glad the bears addressed defensive line twice and glad the bears addressed cornerback. Like these were needs. I might not fully love the the players that they chose there and feel like, yeah, they could have done better and felt like they're swinging for upside here. But Zach Pickens, Zach Pickens, at least I feel like, I don't know, like th- third round, third round there for 64 feels like a little bit of a better value for him there than Jervon Dexter. And I like, I, I do like Pickens a, a bit more in terms of the value that you're getting there. And, and like, But but there's kind of this confusing thing about how Pickens was used at South Carolina compared to how Dexter was used at Florida, and then how they may kind of swap that a little bit when it comes to the NFL. So we'll kind of go through Pickens from a scouting report standpoint, and then how these two guys will fit in this Bears defensive line rotation. Next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is powered by Built Bars, the world's best tasting protein bars. And I really do mean that because I eat one, every single day because they're so delicious. Built bars taste like candy bars. They're soft, they're easy to chew, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. But unlike candy bars, they're good for you. They have the nutrients of a protein bar. They've got uh, low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. We're talking 17 grams of protein for only 130 calories and three, four grams of sugar, all in a bunch of delicious flavors. Like it really sounds too good to be true, but when you taste it, you'll be a believer just like me. You can get all of their amazing flavors over at Built.com, but you can get them even quicker in person if you've got a Walmart or a Sam's Club anywhere in your area. If you head into your local Walmart over by the pharmacy section, you can pick up their four-bar boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate, and they've got the coconut puffs there as well. And if you're by a Sam's Club, you can go in and they've got 13-bar boxes of their churro puffs and their cookie dough puffs. And those are like two of my all-time favorite flavors there. You got to go check them out or you can always find your flavors at built.com. Trust me, you're going to love them. I'm I'm more okay with Zach Pickens at at, at that spot with the 64th overall pick than comparatively like Jervon Dexter. Like, I don't know why, like the Dexter pick is giving me uh, slightly like, it feels a little bit like Ego Ferguson and Will Sutton. We want to go back to, 2014 is that the 2014 draft I'm feeling old now but like and and not that the I don't think these players compare directly at all but you know the Bears took Ego Ferguson from LSU in the second round and then Will Sutton from Arizona State in the third round and again it's it's not a prospect comparison but the feeling was like Ego never panned out because he just he was a developmental big athlete who needed to refine some stuff and it never really panned out whereas Will Sutton gave you some flashes of some three technique pass rushing and they were like oh like there was there were some some like pleasant surprises with Will Sutton. It never really panned out to like a long career, but it was like oh okay. And I am just getting that similar energy. Maybe I maybe I'm just internalizing it and and sort of projecting it, but that's that's kind of the vibe that I'm feeling on draft day uh, of these two prospects. Cuz like Pickens is the the smaller one. Like Javon Dexter is is up in the, you know, like 300 and Gonna double check exactly what he's what he's listed in the weight here. Dexter Dexter is listed at three hundred and ten, and Pickens is listed at two ninety one. So you know a nineteen pound difference that they weighed in on at the combine. But weirdly enough, Pickens being the, the twenty pounds smaller played mostly nose tackle at South Carolina, and Dexter being twenty pounds bigger played mostly the three technique pass rusher at Florida. Presumably. I mean, I think both guys can play both spots, but presumably Pickens is built more in the three-technique role. He's a little bit smaller, a little bit faster, and I think he even has a little bit longer arms. But, like, that's that's more like the one-gap shooting pass rusher, whereas Dexter's a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger, and you might think of him as more of the nose-tackle type role, but they each played the opposite role mostly in college. So we'll see how the Bears project that. I have a feeling they're not, neither one is going to be, like, locked into a spot, right? It's not going to be Dexter as a nose and Pickens as a three technique, and those are the positions they play. It's going to be more like, well, Pickens probably plays a little more nose and, and, or excuse me, Pickens plays a little more three and Dexter plays a little more nose, but they rotate back and forth and line up at both spots because you're going to rotate in Andrew Billings there and you're going to rotate in Justin Jones there and even some of your defensive ends will kick inside there. So I don't think they're going to be like cleanly defined roles for these two guys, but like Pickens still has... Good size, right? He's not small, but he does have those nice long arms are going to be really helpful for him as he grows as a pass rusher. He just he just doesn't have much as far as like a pass rush move goes. Like he's, he's a little bit quicker off the snap. He bends pretty well. Good short area quickness. But like the using his hands effectively thing is still a work in progress for him, despite, you know, Two years of full time starting, and then like a year, like he started like half of his sophomore year, and then was a starter his last two years. Never had more than four sacks in a season though, because the pass rushing repertoire was just never really quite there. He kind of goes to like a quick swim, but not really like, not really much of a finesse guy. Mostly just guys to get power there, right? Just get under your pads and try and push them and bull rush them a little bit. But even then, like, wasn't always like perfectly well balanced and could get a little bit high in terms of the pad level. And sometimes like. Can certainly get overwhelmed by double teams there, so it just feels like he could stand to be a little bit stronger in, in like in the pants and anchoring a little bit more, and and keep his pad level low as well to be able to make up for being, you know, again like two ninety compared to the three ten of of Javon Dexter. But you feel like he because he's lighter and, and a little bit more of a, a a faster agile three technique, like that. There's there's that real upside there. That yeah, every a lot of defensive tackles need to come to the NFL and learn pass rush moves. If if he didn't need to learn pass rush moves, he would have been a first-round pick. But you get him at 64, and you feel like there's pretty good athletic upside there and, and the stuff that feels a little bit easier to teach there. So, like, there's absolutely a path here where Gervon Dexter, and, and important to note, it's Gervon. It's pronounced with a J, even though it's spelled with a G. People who say Gervon are wrong. It's pronounced Gervon. Gervon Dexter and Zach Pickens, like, they could both grow, both develop, both become really strong consistent NFL defensive linemen. and you can see a path where they never really take that step forward and you're always waiting for them to take that step and they they'll still like make a flashy play here or a flashy play there but it never really comes all together to be that holistic prospect that you had hoped they would be when the Chicago Bears drafted them. I think similar kind of thing for Stevenson, right? Like he, they're he's going to have plays in man coverage I think where you're like, "Wow, like this this kid can shut down" not like Justin Jefferson, but can, you know, can, can lock down receivers pretty well. But, you know, is he always going to have lapses in zone coverage where the brain is just not, he's not seeing the field well and isn't quite reacting properly and maybe gets burned more often than you want. Or, you know, can he get really comfortable with those athletic tools and know that he's fast and strong enough to do just fine in zone coverage? Like all three of these guys require some projection. All three of these guys will need good coaching in the NFL to get the most out of them. And it's Ryan Poles putting a lot of faith in his coaching staff to be able to take these players that have very good athletic tools and very good flashes on tape, but none of the three have like consistently put it all together and looked like the sum of their parts. It's like there's all, they've all got the the ability deep down inside them and somebody's got to be able to unlock it properly and put all the different tools together to be the best prospects they can be. Feels a little bit risky, but there's always going to be risk with second round picks. It feels like a lot of onus on the coaching staff and everything, every team thinks their coaches are going to be able to develop all these players. And we see throughout NFL history that, and throughout Bears history, especially that coaches can't always develop these players that they think they can develop, but that's the fun of the NFL draft. That's why you take chances on these prospects and you bet on athletes with upside as opposed to, you know, you could take the, the more refined player. That's just not a very good athlete and understand that their ceiling is going to be a little bit a little bit low and that they're just never going to be great, but they might give you something solid and reliable. And the thing I take away from this a little bit too is that the Bears are not competing for a Super Bowl in 2023. This year is not a Super Bowl year. They're going to try and get to the playoffs, certainly. And we'll see how close they they get there, but right this is not the win now year. So if there is ever a year to draft players that need some development because you you don't need them to be great this year it it, it's this year right like this is a team that can afford to be patient with these guys it they can't I mean it sucks because you need good defensive line players you're desperate for defensive line production there is not a lot of proven production on this defensive line and if these players have a slow learning curve the NFL and maybe aren't very good this season your defensive line is going to be pretty bad and that's going to be a problem but again understanding that you're not going to win more than 10 games this season anyway. Like that's wishful. Like 10 would be a lot for this team this year. And I don't want to get too much far into that, but like this is another developing year for the Bears. So this is the time to have a developmental player that needs to learn and grow, right? It's not like it's the Eagles and we're trying to win a Super Bowl right now. So we can't take a developmental player here. We need to get guys that are a little bit more pro ready. The Bears are in a spot to be patient with these guys because they're not, you know, they're not going all in on this year anyway. So it's not to be like, Totally discouraged about these picks, but I also want to keep it in perspective. I always try and be a realist when it comes to this. I, I was high. I'm high on darn all right? Perfectly happy with that pick. I think it was a solid selection for the Bears. A little less fired up about these guys, but I can see the upside and the reasoning in all three of them. Would love to hear what you think about the picks the Bears made here on day two of the draft, 53, 56, and 64. Would also love to hear what you think about the players the Bears didn't pick. Do you like these three guys? Were there guys you would have preferred they took at those slots instead? Let us know in the comments on the Locked on Bears YouTube video. You can tweet us at Locked on Bears and you can join the conversation in the Locked on Bears Facebook group as well. However you talk with us, just make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to the podcast or on YouTube. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Come back on Monday as we have a special Saturday podcast for you right now that we're doing. Come back on Monday. We'll look at this Bears draft class as a whole, probably focus a little bit more on what they did in day three, but also just kind of generally take stock of like, OK, added all these draft picks and undrafted free agents. Where does the roster stand right now? That will be our podcast on Monday, so be sure to come back for that. And throughout next week, we're going to do some deep dives on these individual prospects with some of our Locked On Podcast Network hosts that covered them in college and beyond. So, Lots of goodies coming for you. The draft cover does not end when the draft ends. Come on back for another episode of Lockdown Bears. Make us your first listen again on Monday, and you have to come back for your next opportunity to bear down.